Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And I'm Jennifer Ross. We've got a doozy of a true crime story today, thanks courtesy of Tampa, Florida. And also, it was the first death warrant signed by our new governor, Ron DeSantis. And this guy, though, that he signed the death warrant on, this guy was a looney tune. Well, you know, it's interesting. Governor Rick Scott signed 23 death warrants. He was like the... He was Most like prolific of he, the state-sanctioned murderers. <laughs> Let me just sign that. Yes. Well, we do here in Florida. We don't hit him in the head with a brick like they do in Texas. We do the lethal injection because old Sparky had a few problems with flames shooting out from the cap skull cap with the sponge. They put a synthetic sponge in there yeah, rather what, than a regular. Wasn't that on a guy called Tiny? Or yeah. He, wasn't it him? <laughs> the it was, big fat guy. They had to rebuild the chair. It was like chair. 500 pounds. <laughs> What do I sparky malfunction? Oh, man. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if you're a big proponent of the death penalty. Are you? No, I think it's no. I you're think not. let them rot. Okay. Why? I I believe you should do it much quickly, much more quickly. Well, you. Just sitting around for 20 years. You and one of this turd bag's victims feels the same way. So on November 3rd, 1984, picture this. 84. 1984, Jeez. a 17-year-old girl. Okay. Now she she's from Tampa and she's had her own problems at home. And she said, you know what? God had other plans for her because if she had made it home, she said there's no doubt in her mind she would have committed suicide. Oh my goodness. But her backstory is that she was abused as a child. She was in and out of foster care homes for five poor years child oh my goodness and she was being sexually abused at home by her grandmother's boyfriend he'd put a gun to her head and molest her for three oh. years oh this is horrible yeah it was nothing new to this girl okay so she's riding her bike home the night before she had written a suicide note she was gonna do it that day oh my god and this man pulls her off her bike and puts a gun to her head oh jeez, another one not the grandmother's not the grand- boyfriend no this is some a complete stranger. Okay. She was on her way home to kill herself. And here is what Lisa McVeigh Nolan said at the age of 17. And this guy, he knew what he was doing. He had me. Forgot. I could have been dead. I could have been lying down in some ditch or somewhere. Holy cow. So she's right she could have been dead because up until that point, he had raped and killed like at least eight women. And this person is? His name is Bobby Joe Long. Okay. Nice. White guy, kind of pudgy face. Uh, nice upstanding fine but a, just a But something weird happened to him. And I've noticed this in a couple of serial killing rapist types of men. And I don't know if it's an excuse, but he got into a motorcycle accident and had head trauma. And that kind of like started this crazed sexual behavior where they just became deviant, masochistic killing sex machines really Does, have you ever heard of that no yeah i think you're born a killing sex machine no. yeah i i think that's yeah, in you yeah i think you're right and it just something triggers something it triggers it yeah it just depends on what age traditionally between the ages of 12 and 28 yeah that's when serial killers usually it's usually later 18 to 28 somewhere around there Okay, so I think it's puberty that does it. Oh yeah, well, it could be. Well, he had, but when he got in his motorcycle accident, he had two kids and was married, and then suddenly he became. And then suddenly he became crazy. But he did have an aggressive bent. Yeah. Okay, so Lisa McVeigh Nolan, she got taken off her bike by this Bobby Joe Long, and she thought to herself that she wasn't going to allow anyone else to take anything else from her. 
And here's what so this she, kid fights? Yeah. Holy cow. So here's what she said. Held 26 hours, gunpoint. He raped me over and over again, lost count. Oh so for God. the next 26 hours, she said her survival instincts kicked in. 26 hours. This guy has her tied up, a gun to her head or threatening. She, she's got tape over her mouth and eyes, and she's bound. Oh, my goodness. But she was able to feel his face because what happened was she said, look, her survival instincts kicked in and she said she did everything that Long asked her to do. And she said that what happened inside his apartment was forever seared in her memory. And now she's actually serving her 20th year as a master deputy at the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Holy cow. Yeah. But what she said to him was, look. I'll be your girlfriend because he said, he told her, I've killed other women and raped other women before you. So she knew she was toast. She's dead. So she goes, look, I'll be your girlfriend. You can do whatever you want. And that kind of humanized her and he let her go. Are you kidding But me? only after she felt his face, she felt his pudgy face, facial hair, pock marks. She could tell his height and she saw the make of his car. Wow. So she turned the tables on her serial killer Helped put the needle in his arm 35 years later. Wow. He was convicted of killing at least eight women. But was she the only one who survived? Uh, there was one other woman that did. But, but, but this, did this girl become a deputy because of what had transpired in her pretty life? Pretty much. Wow. She says, you know, before she became Long's victim, she was a victim of sexual assault at home. And she said this. One bad situation got me to another bad situation to what saved my life. Because the night before, I'm doing my suicide note. And next night, I'm fighting for my life. So, like I said, Holy she's cow. reverse, yeah, reverse psychology. Can you imagine? She's completely turned her life around. She would have killed herself. That's amazing. And yeah, instead, then, she survives so that. She survives this rape and this horrific event, and only to turn into a cop later on. That's you know how hard that is. You come from that kind of background, that kind of life, that to kind turn of, your life yeah, around and not feel horrible uh, yeah. about yourself. Yeah, like that's it's crazy. your fault. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's uh, that she's one in a billion. She said he had mentioned that he had raped other women. It kind of reminds me of uh, Elizabeth Smart a little bit, but they weren't killers, you know. Right. And she said, "Why are you doing this to me?" And he goes, "Because I just want to get back at women in general." Why was he so mad? What does he have a bad mother? No, he like I said, he had, he was married. I'll go into his background here, but he, he just he got bonked in the head on a motorcycle, and it kind of switched. Yeah, but if that were the case, would they not have used that as his defense in any of these? Did, did they ever catch him? They catch him, obviously. But, I mean, was it for murder he was charged? And didn't his attorney sit there and say, well, you know what? He got bonked on the no, head. No, they didn't. And but he's not normal. She provided information to the police that enabled him to track him down. Okay. So he does get arrested, and she, she survives. Yeah, they did a rape kit. It got linked to the other murders and rapes. A task force was formed the next day. Wow. Tampa Police, Hillsborough County deputies, and the FBI began searching for a red Dodge Magnum in the area Nolan described because she was blindfolded, but she was able to peek through and see landmarks. Holy cow. How smart is this girl? Oh, yeah, she, she has that uh, determination to be a deputy. You know what I mean? There's some people that you look at him and you say, she belongs being a teacher. This one belongs being yes. a nuclear scientist. This chick probably had all the makings of being a great detective. Well, they do that in Russia with the blue book and they you test you and everything. And then really? they, they determine you're, you're strong here and this and this and you're going to be a, 
a scientist. Wow. They just, they determine it for you. Okay. Because you work for the sheer pleasure of working there in communism. Yes, that's so true. Okay. So let's learn a little bit about this wacko, Bobby Joe Long. He was born in West Virginia in okay. 1953. He endured a troubled childhood. In the See? early 1980s, he raped dozens of women. Oh, great. After using newspaper ads to find victims. He took out ads and they showed up? Mm-hmm. Then he began an eight-month killing spree in 1984. Okay, usually something triggers that. Well, this is what happened. He met his future wife, Cynthia, at the age of 13. They married in 1974, had two children, but the stress of parenthood added to levels of volatility to the marriage. Additionally, around the same time, he was involved in a serious accident, hit by a vehicle riding his motorcycle, and subsequently hospitalized for several weeks. Wow. Cynthia later claimed that Long's temperament changed following the accident. Hmm. While he was always short-tempered, he became physically violent with her and impatient with their children. He also developed a strangely overt, compulsive, and often dangerous sex drive. Great. Crime analysis would later attribute his violent character to a sexual obsession, labeling him as a sexual sadist. Ugh. Nice guy. So then he made, in 84, he made another criminal jump. He committed his first murder. So there's just a whole list of women. He picked up a prostitute named Artis Wick in March of 1984. Then he ends up picking up Lisa in November. But after assaulting and raping Wick, he decided he wasn't fulfilled, so he strangled and killed her. Wow. But in 1984, he was on probation for assault. So uh, so where was he doing this that he didn't get caught? Tampa. But, I mean, it, was it in his apartment he would kill these women? Well, he would drive around, look for victims in areas known for prostitution and in bars where so the women no one, were found alone. Okay, and no one would would call the cops to say that they were missing. And okay. Long claimed that his victims approached him. He would persuade them to get in his car, took them to his apartment, and then he would bind the victims with rope and ligature collars that he had fashioned using a variety of rope knots. Oh, so he was into knots. But he had to, but I mean, you're a woman and you're going, okay, so you're a prostitute, you're going to his apartment. Okay, I understand. I'm thinking, why isn't anybody screaming and yelling as he's dragging you into his apartment? But you're going there willingly. Right. And then he does it. Okay. And he does it after the sadomasochistic sex. It doesn't, it's, it finally proves not to be enough for him to get his jolly, so he ends up killing him. Jeez. He says that he confessed that he derives sadistic pleasure from the abduction, rape, and brutal murder of his victims, some of whom he strangled to death, some of them he slit their throats, Oh, wonderful! bludgeoned them. Oh, nice guy. And then he would arrange, get this, he would okay. arrange the victims' bodies in unique positions. See, that's, a, that's the... Or the, display. Yeah, well, that's one of the big things that serial killers do. So, so this guy had it written all over him. It was in his DNA from the day he was born. But I don't know if he was killing squirrels and cats. I mean, he got his head hit and whatever. But his long list of victims, 10 known victims, five of the women were identified as known prostitutes, two as exotic dancers, and then the remaining three victims were a factory worker, a student, and one who had an unknown occupation. I would assume Lisa is the student at 17 years old. Right. Wow. So like I said, in November, he spotted her riding her bike. Yeah, but boy, that's a deviation from what he was usually picking. I mean, you wonder, does it ever, did he ever say why he picked her? Figured she was by herself and she was Just an easy target? Just took her off target? her bike, yeah. She was riding down the road alone. Wow, that's scary. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If I listened to our show, I'd never leave the house. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just looking up here because of this head injury thing. 
Anytime an infamous serial killer's childhood is mentioned, there's always four topics of conversation. Possible clues to their terrifying future as a murderer. Bedwetting, animal abuse, arson, and of course, sustaining a serious head injury at an early age. Really? Uh, Isn't wow. that weird? That's really odd. So yeah, the, I, I thought there were, it's not unusual. That's strange, right? So, okay, she gets to turn the tables on him. So, like I said, they established a task force uh, just 24 hours after they figured out she was one of this string of many women that Bobby Joe Long had kidnapped, raped, and murdered. Wow. So, when he took her off the bike in Tampa, after dragging McVeigh to his car, he forced her to perform oral sex and then brought her to his apartment where he raped her repeatedly, even showered with her. Unlike the other victims, though... Long let McVeigh live after treating her like a sex slave for more than 24 hours. Now, it was McVeigh's testimony that would finally lead police to Long. She was able to feel his facial features with her hands while blindfolded. She knew he was pudgy, clean cut, pockmarked. She also knew the make of his car. Okay. And so she witnessed his execution on May 23rd. It's the first death warrant, as I said, signed by Governor Ron DeSantis. Wow. And here is what Lisa had to say before the lethal injection. This was before of her attacker which she says she has forgiven 100% because it's the only way she can move on. Here's Lisa McVeigh. Yeah, there's forgiveness, okay? But there's also a price to pay for that forgiveness. His time is coming, he knows it, and ironically, he's very scared. Wow. He's scared. So now How can you not be if you're on death row and then finally the day comes, you know, where they give you the last meal and, you know, you get a couple hours? Well, that's the thing about life. We all die, right? But how many of us know exactly what time and when we're going to die? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I agree. You could walk out and get hit by a bus right now and not know about it. Or you die in your sleep. You never know, know you die, you're going to right. die. But if you've got this ticking clock that you know you're going to die, that's that's stressful. Oh, yeah. And, well, they do it on purpose. Yeah. That's part of the punishment for, you know, what you have done to get yourself there. Don't kill people and you won't end up on death row. Or go to Canada. They don't believe in it there. In their or camp. California. Yeah. That's right. They stopped doing they it. They stopped doing it, yeah. Oh, God. They got one of the best poster children for the death penalty, Scott Peterson, over so there. So they do. Yeah. So on April 20... Oh, no, and the other guy, they finally discovered... The Green River yes. guy. Yes. That's right. I think it's... Is Colorado the one? I got to go look up the this most prolific guy that's... He's dying. And he's talking. And he's talking. 60 women. He's Yeah, it's, it's 60 people. Oh, it's like scary. So on April 23rd, 2019, Governor Ron DeSantis signed Long's death warrant, being his first death warrant signed. And Long's subsequent appeals were denied. He was executed finally by lethal injection May 23rd, 2019. This is from 1984. You want to know what he ate for his final meal? Oh, tell me. He had something like lobster and filet. And Rust, beef. Rust beef, bacon, french fries, and soda. Roast beef? Roast beef. Wow. He, he was pronounced dead at 655, made no last station, made no last statement. Lisa said that she wanted to be the first person and the last person he saw before the needle went into his arm. Bobby Long, people asked me what I would say to you if you were standing in front of me, and here's my answer. Thank you for choosing me instead of another 17-year-old little girl. The reason why I say thank you now is because I have forgiven you for what you have done to me. Had I not forgiven you, I might as well be in my own prison without walls. I chose not to remain a victim. I chose to live. May God have mercy on your soul. Long overdue. Wow. Mic drop. Jeez, you're not kidding. So again, he's eating this, 
this roast beef knowing he's going to die at 6.55 p.m. on uh, May 23rd at 6.55 p.m. That's rough. How can you eat? I wouldn't be able to eat if I knew it was going to die. Yeah, either would I. You know, they make a big deal out of this last meal, but really, who wants? You're right. Who wants to eat? Yeah. I'd be saying, can I have a bottle of booze? <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about me it. Out. Can you just give me some booze? Because it I'll might go wrong. You know, well, they yeah. blow veins and. Yeah, so true. So true. <sighs> but you know what? Again, don't kill people and you don't end up on death row. But what's so amazing is how Lisa turned her life around and now she's a master deputy, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. She upholds the law. And you know, she probably can work with victims like nobody else in the department. Because she's been there. She has been there and been there. Right. I mean, how many people can say they were kidnapped, number one, so with kidnapped victims, sexual assault victims, people who are facing death? Uh, You're right. She's probably quite the asset to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. You know, and the fact that she understood that she could use reverse psychology on him and persuade him not to kill her at 17, that's... And here's a kid that's, that was going to kill herself. That's street smart. Right? Is that's, what that is. That's, yeah, that's, like, that's a divine intervention. Without a doubt. Yeah. God had a bigger purpose for this child. He did, right? 17. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. It's so cool. It, it really is. And how many of, number one, live, but number two, after something horrific like that, turn their lives around. Because, again, he wasn't the only one. She you'd said she had endured three years of being sexually abused by her grandmother. No, she boyfriend. was five years in and out of foster homes abuse, and then three years, yes, pardon me, three years with the grandmother's boyfriend. So all her life, this kid was sexually abused, yeah. and now she's a cop. And again, this put is it what, this way: don't don't get stopped for speeding when she's in a bad mood, because you're not going to talk your way out of that ticket. That's what I see. <laughs> she's heard it all. But again, this is again her at seventeen. This guy, he knew what he was doing. He had me. Forgot. I could have been dead. I could have been lying down in some ditch or somewhere. Killed artist Ann wow. Wick, 20. That was in March 84. And then a Vietnamese name that I'm not going to try, age 19, in May of 84. Mm. Michelle Denise Sims, May 27th. She's 22, 84. Elizabeth Louderback, 22, 1984, in June. So he's gone. He did uh, March, May, two in May, one in June. September, Vicki Marie Elliott, 21. Wow, what happened there? June, July, August, September. Yeah, he took months. a little breaky. Uh, Chanel Devon Williams, 18, mm. October. So that was the next month. Oh, he did three in October. Made uh, up for that lost, those lost three months. Karen. Because usually they kill more prolifically. That's right. The more they get it into their, yeah. their system. Karen Beth Din's friend, 28, killed on October God, 14th. All young. And then Kimberly, well, she's the oldest, the 28-year-old. Kimberly Kyle Hops, 22, that was October 84. Then Lisa McVeigh, assaulted in November, as I said, in 84, survived. Virginia Lee Johnson, 18, killed November 6th. So three days later, he killed someone after her. Wow. Kim Marie Swan, 21, killed November 11th. So... That was just another eight days. Wow. And then Linda Nuttall assaulted. She was assaulted and survived in May of 1984. So two got away in May, but Lisa McVeigh is the one that put him away. That's amazing. You have to step back and look at life from 50,000 feet and go, hmm, why am I here? And what is my purpose? Well, in her case, I, I think she probably has figured that one out considering she became a cop. I mean, that's a, you, you think about it. Here's a kid that was suicidal, gets attacked, gets raped repeatedly, talks her and capped her out of letting her live and still doesn't commit suicide. Right. That's, After the fact. That in, in, in itself is amazing. I mean, that wouldn't that put you over the edge? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. 
And or then you may look at it, oh my God, I survived. Therefore, somebody thinks I'm important. Maybe that was a divine intervention. Yeah, very true. By the way, the guy we were trying to think about, yeah. who has now become the most prolific serial killer in all of time, Samuel Little, he's 79 years old. They now have linked him to more than 90 women. Woo! They just found that. 90? 90. He just confessed. Okay, this what is What is it like? Breakfast, kill, 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 lunch, kill, 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 kill. I mean, you know what? God. But in this guy's case, he's dying. Uh, he's in his. What they're doing is they have every state where they have cold cases where he could have been. Like, he just admitted to killing five women in Ohio. And. So they brought in all these, what had happened was all these Ohio detectives had showed up and said, these are our cold cases. We have, you know, you know, some evidence that you were in our state. Did you kill these women? (laughs) You were in the vicinity. But what the the killer is with this guy, he remembers all of them. It's like Jack Nicholas remembers every shot from every hole of every tournament. And this guy's an African-American, which is rare. It's usually strange white men. Don't you remember the Atlanta murders? The child the killer. The child killer. Yeah. And no one looked at, there were a lot of the kids were African-American kids. Traditionally, serial killers pick the same nationality. Oh. So this black photographer in Atlanta, but he was killing white kids too. Oh. And that's what screwed him up. But they never thought to look at an African-American guy. Ever. That is so strange. And he was almost at every single crime scene taking pictures. That was, always a, that, come was, back. that was a creepy case. But this guy, this 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 Samuel Little guy, he's going to go down in history as being the worst ever. Yeah. He's dying. Once he's dead, we'll hear all about him. So he's not on death row anywhere. Well, he was. Uh, the problem is he's uh, he's dying. So I think they think he's going to die before he gets that far. But he remembers every woman, how he killed them, uh, where he buried 90? them. That's 90? That's ridiculous. On a lighter note, we're going to end this episode of Full Rigor with a whodunit on Palm Beach from 1925. Jeez. When the Breakers Hotel burned down. It burned down in 1925? I thought it was later than that. No, so it was first known as the Palm Beach Inn. It was opened in January of 1896. Holy cow. By oil, real estate, and railroad tycoon Henry Flagler, who built that railroad all the way down to the Keys. Right. It was to accommodate travelers on the Florida East Coast Railway. Right. And so guests began requesting rooms over by the Breakers, because it was called the Palm Beach Inn. So Flagler renamed it the Breakers Hotel in 1901. Didn't know that. Yeah. So the wooden, there's your hint right there. Okay. Hotel burned. Actually, it burned June 9th, 1903 and was rebuilt, opening February 1904. So the rooms went, forget this, $4 a night, including three meals a day. Yeah, but in the 1903, that was probably like, you know, $800. Holy cow. Well, now the Breakers is a three-star, five-diamond rated resort, has uh, maintained that since 1996, and I think the rooms go six thousand dollars i can tell you on on a holiday weekend there are about 780 dollars a night there you go that's a lot more than four bucks yeah but march 18th 1925 that's the day after saint patty's day there were over 400 guests registered including the unsinkable molly brown the titanic survivor margaret brown right posthumously known as the unsinkable molly brown she was an american socialite philanthropist she was best remembered for encouraging her crew in lifeboat number six to return to the debris field in the 1912 sinking of the RMS Titanic to look for survivors. So this is like 12 years before the The breakers burned down. Oh, okay. 
that she, yeah, she survived the Titanic. Now her hotel's on fire. Holy cow. Actress, Did they call her the unburnable Molly Brown after that? <laughs> exactly. I'm just curious. Maybe she's the bad luck Molly Brown. Now, you know what? They never had, they never actually verified whether or not her boat went back. She Oh, asked, she said, okay. She kept on pleading, we need to go back. There's people dying. We, we left them. But there were other people on the boat saying, if we do that, they'll overflow the boat. We'll sink and then just we'll, we'll all Just ask Kate Winslet. <laughs> She'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Then actress Billy Burke, she was the good witch of the North in The Wizard of Oz, which I never understood. At the beginning of The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy comes in and the good witch comes in in the bubble and right. there's the beginning of the yellow brick road and she says, you know, follow the yellow brick road. And in the end, she comes in in the bubble and she says, you've had the power all along. Just close your eyes. What do you mean I've had the power all along? <laughs> and click your heels. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that at the beginning? Dumb bitch. <laughs> Tell me how you really You've feel. had the power all along? <laughs> Yo, God bless America. It was those damn monkeys, though. They scared the crap Yo, out of me. They yeah. flew. No, Very they well. No, okay. So, uh, and then, um, so we had the Good Witch in there. And Mrs. Edward F. Hutton, she's Marjorie Merriweather Post. She built Mar-a-Lago, which means it's Spanish for sea to lake. Because Mar-a-Lago, that's Trump's winter White House. Right. She built it. And it's between the ocean and the intercoastal. It's the 20th largest home in the country is it really it's huge it's a beautiful place. i've been there once to park cars but i've been there okay well she was building her place let's park <laughs> right over your head it went over my head but then it registered that you were actually parking cars which is hilarious and i know you know how to drive a stick shift <laughs> so she was building mar-a-lago at the same time that this happened the breakers burned down the fire. Wow, Mar-a-Lago's that old. Yes. I never realized that. Yeah, it, she walked through the swampland and goes, this is where I want to put down roots. I never realized that. So the fire was discovered in a fourth floor room, and so the guests threw their jewels and their furs out the windows. Jeez, the heck with saving me. Let me just save the jewelry and the furs. That's hysterical. Most of minute. it. Why do they have furs in Florida? The Good question. That's yeah, what I want to know. Maybe it's because they just came in from like New York or something. Well, get this. The, most of it disappeared in the ashes or was picked up by looters. <laughs> oh, my God. So here they are throwing their stuff out to save it and yeah. people are stealing it. Oh, that's horrible. Shop owners salvaged what they could of oriental rugs, jewels <gasps> oh. valued in the millions, expensive gowns. So West Palm Beach Fire Department was summoned to help. The Miami Fire Department from 90, 90 Minutes South brought its pumper truck in. Wow. Thank you. Pumper truck. Yes, so that was a big mess. So the day after St. Patrick's Day, the Breakers Hotel like burns to the ground. Holy so cow. what caused the fire? The who done it? Yeah, well, what did somebody set it on fire? Uh, well, it was Mrs. William Hale Thompson's fourth floor room. Okay, what was she doing? Smoking? No. Oh. 1925. Apparently, she left her newfangled curling iron contraption plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> they had a curling iron contraption back then? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. It must have looked like a potato smasher or something. What the hell was this thing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the heck did that look like? That's incredible. Oh, I'm so sorry. I That's left my incredible. curling iron contraption plugged in. Can you wow. imagine? So did they blame her? She was her? probably pulling out her curly hair. 
Yeah, well, they know. You know what happened? They blamed it on wiring. Oh. Bad wiring. So the chick with the, the befangled, defangled, whatever it is, befuddled curling iron wasn't charged. There's something wrong with that picture. However, going back to the breakers, you know, there's another breakers. It's in Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, It was built like from. in 1894. It also had a fire in the kitchen. No. Okay. Now this, the breakers in Newport, I always thought the breakers in Palm Beach was kind of fashioned after the breakers in Newport because that one came first. But I don't think one had anything to do with the other. However, the one in Newport, when they had the fire in the kitchen, it almost burned the whole thing down. So when they rebuilt it, they rebuilt the kitchen as a separate room. <laughs> Smart. Listen to this. Gets better. Now it's on the ocean. And it is it is it is surrounded by like eight foot wide brick walls. Oh man! And then they connected it to the it's main like house. It's like a pizza oven in the kitchen. It is. And then what they did was, in the back of the kitchen, facing the ocean, there's a whole pipe system. In the event there's a fire, the water can come rushing in from the ocean and extinguish it. Brilliant. Without ruining the rest of the house. Yeah, they had to bring a pumper truck up from Miami. Why didn't they just pump it out of the ocean? It's on the ocean. They probably don't have a pumper truck. Oh, that's why they needed the pumper truck to pump it out of the ocean. Yeah, what see? a dumb question I had there. See? You know, for a bright person, sometimes, you know, you've been hanging around me too long. <laughs> Idea! <laughs> we need a pumper truck. <laughs> I bet you they bought one after that. Yeah. Oh, my How gosh. long did it take them to rebuild it? Uh, Does it say? Uh, That'd be like a couple of years. A right? couple of years, but now it's rebuilt. It's like like stone. It's a it's you know like a stone structure, that, like they like a castle from uh, from England. Right. If it's you not were, out of wood anymore. They stopped building crap out of wood when it burned to the ground twice. Now, here's the nice thing about the breakers. If you live in another part of the country and you happen to come visit Palm Beach, and you want to go see the breakers, first get dressed up. Number two. Bring a couple of bucks with you because it's not. Che- There's nothing cheap about the breakers, but you can go in and you can go sit by the ocean. And That's have what I drinks. like to do. And they'll stamp your valet right thing, so you don't have to pay the, the eighty-five dollars to park. <sighs> and then, but they got great restaurants yes. there. Again, high end. Their steakhouse is one of the best around. I love the breakers. Yeah. There's nothing bad about the breakers. No. If I could pay for my daughter's wedding and, and reception, I'd have it there. It's so pretty. But no. But if you go into the seafood bar and grill, you've got to get their crab nachos they are the best on the entire planet ever. Okay. ever and they and they put in the cheese some grits that's why it's so creamy it's like outrageous really? it's so good i just okay. let you know all right thank you i say go to the steakhouse <laughs> <laughs> so that's that wraps up this episode of full rigor serial killers and fires boy we're just a ball of laughs aren't and, we <laughs> and curling irons maybe it wasn't even a curling iron maybe it was a vibrator so the chick with the, the befangled, defangled. Pretty sure they had them back then. <laughs> All right, don't leave, don't leave yours on. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. 
Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.